Welcome to the Taz Show. I am he, Taz, and uh, thank you for downloading this lovely episode on the Radio.com app or on the Radio.com website. Maybe you're doing it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher Radio Jones or the Google gimmick. Wherever you're doing it, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Got a really uh, packed show for you here coming at you full throttle. It'll be mostly Taz Hall. Great questions in here in this episode uh, Going to cover um, Plethora of other uh, other Things I should say, easy for me to say But um, you know I, I want to just on a serious Tip first bring up right out Of the box about um, the situation uh, The unfortunate situation That happened um, Past several days uh, I don't know when you Listen to this so I don't want to you know, just say the exact Well whatever, Sil- Silver King uh, Had passed away uh, while performing, while working, uh, legendary luchador, um, and uh, it's a very sad situation. He was—I I never wrestled him, never met him. Um, uh, great performer, great wrestler, great athlete. Uh, had a, an amazing, amazing career. You know, he really did. And most of you guys that listen to my content are, you know, strong wrestling fans. You know, with a strong knowledge of the business, no matter how old you are. I mean, this is a man fifty-one years old. Um, I can relate to this uh, He and I, same age, I'm 51 And um, he passed away uh, He had a heart attack uh, while wrestling So, you know, it's um, He was wrestling Juventud Guerrero And this was uh, uh, in England In the great country of England uh, In London And uh, at an independent show So, I, you know, it's it's a tragedy And it's very sad and um, as I tweeted out the other day And so many wrestlers and people from the wrestling business uh, You know, put out on their social media accounts Their condolences uh, to his family and his fan base And it's just, it, the whole situation is just really bad um, Just because, and what's bad about it Obviously the tragedy of this man losing his life um, You know, he it, it seems like this possibly could have been prevented And And, you know this is the thing where it's like it it it's tough to talk like it's, it bothers me right it bothers me because how we should be evolving as a wrestling community and how the business the industry should be evolving WWE situation we saw it with Jared King Lawler where he had a heart attack ringside and doctors there and and thank God King was saved and he's living seems like a very healthy life now. And we didn't lose Jerry Lawler, which is was awesome. Um, but you know, WWE, I can assure you, you know, just will have the best doctors available and the best equipment available and most trained people available for emergency situ- emergency situations. And you know, you're not going to have that, unfortunately, on most shows in wrestling. And that's the problem here. And and uh, I 
actually was Mike Johnson, you know, my friend Mike Johnson for PW Insider. Mike does a great job covering the business for years and years. Has a tremendous article, which I didn't read yet. Okay, I was prepping for this show. And then part of my prep was, of course, talking about Silver King. I did not read Mike Johnson's column yet, but I saw the heading of it. And I was like, wow, okay, I guess all minds are working the same. And Mike's heading of his article is, after the latest in-ring death, pro wrestling needs to grow up and be more prepared in case of the unthinkable. And I knew exactly what he was referring to, and it was Silver King. And he's correct. He is correct. One million percent correct. Look, <clears throat> I understand most wrestling companies, you know, don't have the resources WWE has. They don't have the, the that kind of mount, that kind of money and power and and uh, awareness that they're going to pull in medical personnel that they can afford to work for the company. I know a lot of wrestling companies can't afford that. Um, most independent companies, wrestling companies, can't afford that. But that's where things need to change. Now, I know years ago, right, all my years wrestling, I've wrestled for a lot of small companies and a lot of renegade promotions, and you guys know that a lot. And in most states, especially, you know, most states, I should say, there was an athletic commission, okay? So a lot of people, you people know that as an athletic commission, but you don't really know what that means sometimes. And that's not me being disrespectful, be condescending. I I mean that just bluntly. You don't know what it means because maybe you've never dealt with an athletic commission. Most of you people listening to me have never dealt with an athletic commission. So the way it was, was you had to get your blood pressure checked by a doctor that was in the locker room. That was provided by the athletic commission. So let's just take New York, for example, or Maryland. I'm thinking of some of the well, okay, those two were two of the tougher ones in the state of Maryland or the state of New York. We'll just say New York. Okay. So the athletic commission has a doctor there who checks the wrestlers or anyone performing on a show, if you're doing a run-in or whatever you're doing, checks your blood pressure, and you have to have a valid, you had to have a valid pro wrestling license. So let's back up a tad. What does that mean? A pro wrestling license A pro wrestling license Basically, and again, I'm not sure if guys Today, have, if this is mandatory today I, I, I will look into it, I should have done my due diligence And I didn't, and some of you guys Will treat at me, maybe that tweet me That are wrestling, and you're in your Prime, or coming up on a come up And you guys will know this better than me, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you about how it was And I, hopefully it's still the same way And it's all connects to What I'm speaking on On the tragic loss of Silver King and Mike Johnson's article also <clears throat> The athletic commission Okay would check your blood pressure And give you a quick physical Before every match If you didn't If your blood pressure was too high Before that match Again they're in the locker room You weren't working It was that simple No matter what happened You weren't working They would let you The promoter would go And bitch to them Say no no We need this guy in the car This guy has to wrestle We need this guy in the car It's very important He's high up in the car Whatever the case might be Commission like no matter the doctor's like I don't care this it's not healthy enough to wrestle So he could go and calm down chill out Bring his 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 blood pressure down whatever way do some breathing exercises Whatever it takes and come back to me in whatever 30 minutes I'm just throwing numbers out there 40 minutes and we'll check it again And if his blood pressure is right we'll let him work That's how it was now like I said about the wrestling license thing So you had to have a valid wrestling license now, 
What that was, that meant every year, and I did this, I did this for a lot of years, I had to go to a doctor. Now, good news for me, my personal doctor that I had for many, many years and still have was a was on the New York State Athletic Commission. So he understood the whole protocol and he dealt with wrestlers and boxers his whole career. With the New York State Athletic Commission And I believe he was one of the first doctors When UFC first started Working for UFC So And Okay So And and his name is Dr. Istrico And who is uh, My personal doctor And I consider a friend And I've went to for decades And is an amazing person And uh, just a, a, a Splendid amazing doctor Who's done a lot for me And my family over the years I digress So here's the situation I would go to Dr. Ishigo, and now you don't have to have a family friend that was on the commission, go to any doctor. You didn't have to go to a commission doctor. And I would get my my yearly physical to get my license. So that consisted of, they checked everything. You know, you'd leave a urine sample, uh, blood pressure, EKG was the most important thing. Your EKG had to be right. He'd take and do a whole EKG. That's basically like, a, a, again, I'm not a doctor here, so just bear with me, but that was something that would check, monitor your heart. They have put all these suction things on you around your chest and your heart and your leg and all this stuff to check you know, what's going on with your heart. A lot of you guys know what the EKG is. So, um, so the long and short of it, that was the bulk of what those vitals every year to have a valid wrestling license. And it wasn't expensive to have your license. I don't remember, and I had I had no money back then, and I, I don't remember the, the fee. It was not a lot of money. If I could afford it, anybody was able to afford it. <laughs> so, so anyway. You would have to get checked by, you know, and then then when if you're working in, in a commission state, you know, the athletic commission was there and you had to get checked. And those doctors were there and they come find you if you didn't show up. They had the card in the locker room no matter where it was. Now, I mentioned Maryland early because the state of Maryland was probably the toughest. They were like, if there was blood during the show, they would go crazy. Like you would get a lot of heat. Like they would, like they were tough, you know, super tough. Maryland was really hardcore. So um, now I don't know how it is in the UK, and that's where this tragedy happened. My point is, back then, you know, the way it was. Now, not every state was a commission state, but most a lot of states were. And I know over time things changed with Vince McMahon many years ago, saying this is a a show entertainment and and kind of the commission thing. It was less money. It was less involved because it was a big like money grab for some of these commissions. But what, what wrestlers were getting out of it. Was they were getting checked before they had to work To see how their health was at that moment I'm strongly knowing that most Even for some of the more popular wrestling companies in the United States That's not happening That's not happening And that's bad That needs to change rapido Okay, and there are things that can be done like, for example, okay, when I know my son was young, when he was little, I mean, shoot, he had to be, I don't know, fourth grade, fifth grade, whatever it was, fourth grade, probably third, fourth grade. You know, he was playing Little League Baseball and, and, and you know, Pee Wee Football, right? And he was always an athlete. And when he was playing baseball, I was on the board, the baseball commission board or whatever. Every town has a, a board, as you guys know, with some dads or moms that are on the board. Now, I had no time to do this. I didn't want to do this. 
but I was working for WWE full time, but I knew there was some sketchy shit going on in the town with these sports, and I wanted to make sure my kid wasn't getting swerved and his friends weren't getting swerved. So I said, let me get my ass on this board here, and I want to keep an eye on some shit. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and I did it for like a year. My point in bringing that thing up about being on the baseball board in the Little League, you know, on Long Island in New York, um, is that it was, and now I think it's changed to the positive a lot where I'm going here with this. And again, this has something to do with the tragic loss of Silver King and other wrestlers who've passed in the ring. You know, one of the one of the board members back then, many years ago, on our little league board, was like, we need to get the fibrillator, okay, at every field. I don't remember how many fields we had in our town. Let's say it was five fields, baseball diamonds. We need to have a gang box, which is like a metal box that was locked up. And every member of the board, and there was like eight people on the board, would have to make sure you stop at a game or whatever, if your kid was in that game or whatever, or even if your kid wasn't that game. And you had a key to that to get in there. And I think umpires wouldn't have the key. I don't remember. That, that, that's not important. Point is that the defibrillator was at every field. So let's say it was, like I said, six fields, for argument's sake. Every field had the defibrillator. Now, that right there, I can promise you, as I record this, the bulk of professional wrestling shows Let's not include WWE in this Let's not even talk about WWE Just talk about it. in America Let's not even let, WWE is out of this conversation They are gonna They're prepared We've witnessed it We knew it And they are prepared They have the resources They're prepared for an emergency I promise <laughs> I've been there Seen it And then seen it When I was out of there And the thing with Jerry Lawler Really jumped out They are more than prepared Which is great but that's not enough Okay, the business needs to be prepared And and I guarantee you The bulk of these wrestling shows And some companies without naming names That have Either, whatever Streaming, big video streaming deals Or been around a while <clears throat> Or have TV or whatever Might not have a defibrillator Backstage A defibrillator needs to be I say wrestling companies Need to have two defibrillators and these things cost under like 1500 bucks. You can get a pretty good one 1800 bucks Each And you need to have at least four people Who work for the company That are trained In operating one of these machines So basically From what I know of a defibrillator It's a lifesaver And it could basically It sends like some sort of electric current Electric shock to a, a degree Like you know shock paddles type thing uh, if someone's going into cardiac arrest And you use a, a, a defibrillator In an emergency situation Until like an ambulance comes And stuff like that Okay it's, It saves lives it's, it's, it's a fact It saves lives In this situation And that's what I'm putting And anybody who hears this And I, I just hope that all these other wrestling News outlets that are all over the internet And you know everywhere I hope that my message is spread And Mike Johnson's message Now I don't, other people might be spreading that message That are content providers And if they are, kudos to you I don't know that I don't pay attention to a lot of that But I hope that my word gets out there on this And I don't know I'm just telling you The defibrillator and having trained personnel Referees, one or two referees That are your regular refs Should be trained and utilized using these machines and somebody else who works backstage Maybe I, people that are at every show that you trust Should be trained and you pay for the training To have these, this should be a mandatory thing But see that's the problem 
you know, where's the bot that where is the where's the governing body for professional wrestling? Here we are on the cusp before you know it of 2020. We're in the year 2019. We don't have a friggin' governing body as a whole to protect the men and the women and the referees that are in the ring. That's sad. That is sad. It's friggin' barbaric. It's archaic and it's sickening. I'm dead serious. This needs to be addressed Now for anybody out there that's part of a wrestling organization Even if you're an indie And I'm not saying every indie doesn't have this So I implied that earlier and I should retract that statement Because I don't mean to come off that way I don't mean to come off that way I'm saying and I put in a qualifier on it That the bulk of the I feel the independents and some of the other companies Aren't prepared for a situation like this And it's sad From Now I'm going to be blunt I did not watch the video that's everywhere of what happened to Silver King and that I, I just I'm not, not I'm not soft or not like that. I'm just not comfortable watching this happen to someone and no one's helping the person. And I feel I'm not blaming anyone that was involved with the match. I'm not blaming Hooventude. I'm not blaming the I'm not. I'm just blaming the system and that the that you, you need to be prepared for stuff like this. But from what I understand. And and don't quote me on this Don't quote me on this But this man was laying there You know and, and not getting help for several minutes That's what I understand Again I'm not comfortable watching it But I know enough about the situation Like most of you do Okay I, This this was avoidable And it, at this day and age This should not happen you know, I understand there's different monies involved, but an NBA game, an NFL game, you know, a, a college football game, a college basketball game, a college volleyball game, a college lacrosse game, a high school lacrosse game, a high school football game, a high school wrestling match. This is not happening. You know why? There's an ambulance, there's paramedics on the scene waiting for an emergency. At every, I mean, in the area of the country I live, up here in New York, and like I said, my kid's been an athlete his whole life. There's throughout at his middle school, his high school, and obviously in college, paramedics on site. Now, there's a governing body for high school sports, obviously the NCAA for collegiate sports, obviously professional sports, whole nother level. Pro wrestling is a professional industry, it's a professional sports, professional show. There needs to be Professional medical personnel on site It needs to be mandatory It needs to happen It needs to happen I don't care how renegade any promotion is Buy a defibrillator And learn how to use it If you're a promoter Even if you can't afford to get everybody else trained Get yourself trained And either keep that thing under the ring And tell the boys don't go near it Or keep that backstage in the gorilla position The entrance area to go to the ring Something So I just want to do my due diligence Come out here and just explain my stance on this And how I uh, Again, I, I, when I'm done doing this podcast I will read Mike Johnson's report uh, His uh, article And I urge all you guys to go read it And spread the word of what I'm saying here To, to all these other media outlets That cover the industry Okay, because it's important Not just what I'm saying, what Mike said It's important Because maybe if enough promoters hear it And promotions hear it They'll make sure 
that people are protecting. Seriously, you know, you got to have paramedics on site or at least a defibrillator or people that know what they're doing. I'm not saying you got to go and spend money and, and, and hire a doctor, rent a doctor to come to the building for the evening. I'm not saying you got to do that. Just do something. To prevent this <laughs> And there needs to be some sort of governing Something that t- that's mandatory That this happens You know what I mean So Anyway So I, I just wanted to get that out And, and it's just a whole sad situation So Alright so uh, as I said I'm going to get into here Talking about um, talking Doing the task hall Got a lot to cover in that A lot of really good stuff by you all uh, Another thing I'd like to talk about guys look, It's getting warmer outside right now uh, Therefore many of us are driving On the roads much more And, and it's a click it or ticket Their campaign is a true Life saver okay guys Here's examples uh, When you're not wearing your seatbelt You're risking serious injury or death Okay cops are stepping up And enforcement and writing tickets So don't take the risk Okay, don't. There's no good excuse. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. No matter how far you're driving, it don't matter. Seriously, it doesn't matter. Whether you think it's uncomfortable or not, you just forgot. Whatever the reasons are, always buckle up. Okay, you know, I always talk a lot about on my show. You don't not talk, you always hear ding, right? Ding. Ding, right? Ding, ding. Well, you know what? Ding, a big part of the Taz show. Well, listen. Seatbelt guy and buckle up when you get in the car. Ding that. Okay, you know, make sure you hear that ding when you click that. Click it, dig it, whatever you want to call it. It can save your life and others. Buckle up what you love. Buckle up what you love. Basically means that means family, friends, or yourself. Wear your seatbelt. Be smart, guys. Wear a seatbelt, click it or ticket. So I want to get into that. Okay. Covering a lot of stuff here. Talking a lot already Before we get into the uh, Taz Hall It's time to get rolling here Take a little sip of Rudy Mizu Jones Hold on Oh man Mizu Jones That's a good one This is going to be a two Water break show I can promise I can feel it ready <laughs> I'm just getting rolling here I'm ready just Just going off So there's your water break jobbers Alright so what else we got uh, I'm trying to think what else Is there anything else I got to hit um, Before we got did a little house cleaning And that boom we got to talk about the other thing later on We did that hold on we'll do the gimmick in a minute Tassel Jones we'll get into that in a second What else you know, la, 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 la. you know I'm thinking on the fly that's what I do You know that's my gimmick because I don't do massive show prep It's just, I just kind of spitball As you guys know, I just come out and just spitball city And, uh, you know, that's my thing So, what else? I feel like there's one other thing But uh, I cannot recall what that is And it's not important right now Okay, it's not important right now Because it'll come to me It'll come to me and I'll be ready And I'll be prepared for it uh, As I'm prepared to get into Taz Hall In a three, two, one, two, three One, two, three, and begin hey. Individuals and PKS, it is now time for the Taz Hall. Let your voice be heard. Ah, yes, 
so we're going to go straight forge ahead into Taz Hall Jones. <laughs> These were put out on the uh, on my Instagram at Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-A-L-K. You can jump right in there, check it all out. All right, as we roll here to Taz Hall, what do we got here? First one, Jones. Uh, let's see, la la la, okay. Brian Jarrod. Okay, will you watch Double or Nothing? Well, come on now. Um, absolutely. I'm going to be there. I shouldn't say there at Double or Nothing. I don't know. I might be. I might not be. I'm not sure. But I'll be in Las Vegas. Uh, gimmick Jones gimmick, you know, th- with the Starcast deal. So I'll be around all the Double or Nothing people, the AEW, the whole bunch. So, yeah, I'm, I I plan on watching it, you know, um, somewhere. Uh, either live or, or you know, in person, I should say, or streaming on some kind of the many devices that I have. I have a plethora of devices that I, I carry with me at all times: phones, laptops, desktops, tablets, desktops. As I said, uh, all sorts of stuff: Game Boys, Playstations, Xbox. I'll watch on one of them. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. I will watch it. Yes, I will watch it. I will. I plan on covering it also. Okay. Uh, Mike underscore Inska, Inka, I-N-C-A, Inka. Why does the in-ring action in NXT look so much more believable and crisp as opposed to the main shows? Okay, that's I like that question, and I will handle it like a true pro. I don't disagree with you, okay? And this is one of the one of the key reasons for me that jump out. Um, I think that the talent. Is has less of a governor on them There's less of a stranglehold on them They have more freedom to kind of Apply their craft And not to worry About getting heat on the main Roster you, you know if you're higher in the Card yeah you might get more time Or uh, if you're even lower in the card don't matter You're not going to get as much time but either way You, you know that you're going to be a little bit It's a little bit of a micromanage deal I've talked about that a lot over the years So I think in the uh, On the NXT you got a little more freedom now. Triple H lets the, the, the guys and girls kind of do their thing a little more, and as do the agents. They let them do that, which I think is very smart. And I also will say it's in a smaller venue. That's something that's important, Mike. When it's a smaller venue, it feels more intimate, okay, and it, it feels more crisp. I can tell you the men and women in the WWE and the main roster, their work rate is the highest you're going to find anywhere in the world, and that's a fact. Give a shit what anybody says. It's a fact. Okay. Uh, you got to be legit as legit can be to be working on that level. And that's that. And it's a fact. It's just, it's well documented. The physical end of your work. Like I talked about years ago, like when I went to WWE and I was, you know, I, I was uh, considered a pretty snug worker back then in my prime and I, I could go. I was aggressive. I was physical and I didn't mind you tagging me because I'm tagging you. Um, and I know in WWE, Vince, you know, was well documented there. Vince wanted you to be physical. And I remember a couple of matches. I was working a little, you know, I was working a little um, more protective over my, of, of my opponent because I didn't want to get a rep that no one wanted to work with me. And he told me, he said, listen, pull me aside. He goes, fucking bring it. Don't, don't. I know how you work. Work the way you work. And I did. I listened to him. And I got heat. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm partially joking, but no, I did listen to him, and and but he Vince wants you to work physical, so <clears throat> it's not that the work 
Right, and Mike, I know you're saying it looks more believable, more crisp. It's not that the NXT talent are working different. It's just they have more freedoms. It's looser for them, and it's a smaller venue. A smaller venue gives it a different look. It does. You're working on Raw SmackDown. You're in a really big ass building. Things could look a little, you know. Now, look, you watch New Japan enough, most you people, and you see their work rate. They're in big buildings. You know, um, you mentioned. Uh, 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 Brian Jarrett, Jarrett Brian just mentioned double or nothing, AEW. Uh, their work rate's going to look pretty crisp. They're going to be in a big building in Vegas. So, but, you know, the talents in New Japan, the talents that are being AEW, they're not going to be micromanaged. They're not going to have have a governor on them. Raw SmackDown, there is. It's, 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 and people a little bit more concerned when they're working because they don't want to get heat. I do feel like the big building takes away from the intimus, the intimate feel uh, even though I'm not trying to contradict myself, I know some of those other federations I named work in bigger buildings, or like AW's case, they're going to be working in bigger buildings. You know, but you know they're not going to they're not going to handcuff their talent. But good question. Okay, Weston Ski. Okay, no question. Just love the content. Thanks, Tass. Well, Weston Ski. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yes. Okay. What do we got here? Kata thirty six twelve. Yourself aside, what's your all time favorite entrance theme? Mine is either Razor or On Anderson. So when you say theme, I guess you mean music or entrance. I guess you mean both. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of great ones. I mean, you know, Razor's entrance, his music was awesome. I guess theme you you mean favorite entrance theme. I guess you mean music. Um. Man, there's a lot. I mean, one of my favorites was back in the day was the Road Warriors when they played, you know, cranking Iron Man from Black Sabbath. I thought that was awesome. I also thought Bruiser Brody, uh, his stuff was great in Japan, uh, playing Led Zeppelin. I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. The Immigrant Song, for those that don't know, that that was his music uh, a lot of the times. Um, a lot of great entrances. I mean, yeah, it's tough to go through, but I, I appreciate what you're asking, dude. But, like, those are two that just off the top of my head. That jump out to me as far as you know, legitimate, really cool entrances in 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 wrestling. I did love my person, mine personally. I took a lot of pride in mine. It was a big deal the way it was done, um, especially the the War Machine version with Kiss in ECW. I was very proud of that, and you know, Paul Heyman let me have full creative over the whole deal, and and he gave his input on it, and was always really cool to to work on. when it came to that kind of stuff, he let you be you. Um, and my WWE's interest I liked a lot I did, you know, the heartbeat, the boom, 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 boom And all that shit, and the smoke and all that And the concussion, explosion Jones Yeah um, But um, I'm trying to think who else Well, obviously Steve Austin has a great entrance With the glass break Jones uh, The Rock, you know, his was great a lot of, You know, uh, man, there's so many And I'm not just WWE, I mean so many um, I do it as of modern you know, especially during the NXT when he was getting a big push, Bobby Roode uh, with the glorious Jones. I thought that was always awesome, like the way it was done and everything. So the way it's done, it's you know just with the people doing it. And then Nakamura's was great until they had the people change his music, twist he was a heel, and they didn't want people to you know they didn't want him to get over like he was. So all right, anyway, uh, thanks for the question, Carter thirty six twelve. Uh, Thomas Charles Gentry, okay, any memories? Or thoughts on Oklahoma in a wrestling context, particularly Danny Hodge. Hashtag OK Jones. Oh, nice. OK Jones. I like that. Pretty funny. Um, 
yeah, um, Mr. Hodge, I met, um, I had the opportunity to meet, I believe we were in OK City uh, when I was working for WWE years ago, and it was an honor and a pleasure to meet that man and heard about his legendary grip and the handshake and that he could basically just, you know, take a can and shatter it with his hands and whatever. He was crushing everything with his hand, and he was doing it in the locker room, showing the guys. It was unbelievable at his age, and, and you could feel a man's grip when you shook his hand. Um, it was unreal, unbelievable. So that, that when I hear of Oklahoma wrestling, I of course, and you, then you mentioned Danny Hodge also. You know, I think of Mr. Hodge, and yeah, it was a pleasure meeting him. It really was legend, legend, and a great shooter. You know, uh, good question though. Uh, good stuff right there. Hot City Jones, OK City, got it. All right, cool. Uh, what else we got? We got a. Uh, oh, I see what happened there. All right, la 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 la. I'm so pop punk. Okay, this is this person's tag. What makes the tag team division in NXT so different from Raw and SmackDown? Do you think that the general fan doesn't enjoy tag team matches as much, or that it's how the tag teams are booked? Thank you for running the game. Hashtag buy a hat, or in this case, buy a t-shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Taz. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's more of the way they're booked, the tag teams. Um, I do. I don't uh, look. There's always been this rumor scuttlebutt about Vince McMahon not being a fan of tag teams. I've never heard in my years, just about a decade working for Vince and under Vince and being around Vince a lot, I've never heard him say that ever. And those tag team titles have been there, and and he's pushed tag teams and and made money with tag teams. Um. So I don't know why, if he really hated tag teams that much, why he would still keep it around. It's not like, well, the fans want it. He don't care. He's going to do what he wants. It's his company, and he should do what he wants. So I don't think it's that Vince hates tag teams. I do think he books them different. I do think NXT, again, going back to that time, time in the match is so important, guys. I think that in NXT, they're dedicating more time to the tag team match. Tag team wrestling, and I've done both a lot in my career singles and tag as you guys know a tag you're in a tag team is different very different you know you have to budget the time of the match different there's different physical storytelling that happens in the match if you don't have ample time in the fucking tag team match that damn tag team match it ain't getting over and that's a fact because you need to have ample time the other thing is as far as the physical storytelling, without pulling back the curtain too much, I do think someone needs to have the wherewithal to be creative who works behind the scenes in one of these companies and kind of somehow, some way change the psychology of how tag team wrestling is done. Because it's been a lot of the same stuff for decades as far as the physical story. That's not me knocking the talent. I'm knocking the creative behind tag team wrestling. Someone needs to step up that has some juice and has some power backstage, either at WWE or another company, and try to really get over tag team wrestling a different way as far as the physical psychology in the match. A lot of, again, I don't want to pull back the curtain too much. It's just a lot of it is just, this, it's a lot of the same stuff that's been going on for years. But I do agree with you, I'm so pop punk, that. And this is I'm kind of taking the narrative that you're the vibe of what you're saying, uh, you know, out of context a little. But basically, what you're saying is you feel like 
NXT tag team division is much more of a, a, a fun watch as opposed to watching tag teams that were on SmackDown. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think it's about time. Like I said, the, the amount of time dedicated or budgeted to that match. So that's a good question, though. Um, all right, here we go. Speakerphone underscore Jones. Okay, this might be the original. Yeah, he's everywhere. Okay, what former or underutilized talent from WWE not on the current AEW roster do you see being a flagship star for AEW in the next year? Hashtag RTG, which is running the game for you bums that don't know. Hashtag we over. Yes, uh, we are over. Right. Um, hmm. So basically what speakerphone jones is saying is what current what uh former or underutilized talent in wwe well as we know there's several underutilized talents i mean without getting to the former because i don't know what people are doing so i'd rather give an opinion on maybe underutilized you know underutilized talents in uh Let's say on Raw SmackDown. Let's not even let's just trim some fat. Let's not say NXT because the NXT talents for the most part are on the come up. <clears throat> so you gotta they're usually all used pretty properly, you know, and whatnot. So no reason to jump into them. Uh just thinking here. Right. I would say one of the first guys I would say, and I I you know, I didn't I didn't watch WWE programming last week, truth be told. So unless something changed with EC3, um, I think EC3 is a guy you can do something because it seems last time I saw they weren't doing shit all with the guy. So I do think EC3 brings a certain talent and ability, promo ability um, that would be awesome. Uh, MJF is a up-and-coming star um, that's going to be in AEW, and, uh, and I do think a program down the road with EC3 and MJF would be awesome. Uh, there's similarities to their gimmick, and, and I think that could be pretty, pretty cool. Um, right off the top of my head, um, I, I would say probably EC3. Um, I'm just thinking underutilized. Good questions. Got me pondering a little bit. I'd say... What's well, his uh, probably underutilized? Apollo Cruz is a super talented guy. He's getting his wins here and there, but there's no monster push there. I think he could do big stuff in AEW because of his ability. I mean, you're seeing what they're fixing to do with Pac at AEW. You know, who was Neville in WWE. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think Apollo Cruz is that type of true talent in the ring that could be a big star. Um. I also will tell you, you know, I, I do feel like, and I've I've sung the man's praises in the past, and, I, and I'll sing him again, um, Jinder Mahal, okay? The man knows how to talk. He's got an amazing look. He's a former champion, and I, I was one of the guys singing his praises that it was good that he was a champion. He's underrated as a worker, and I do think uh, if he ever left WWE and was in AEW, I think he could make a lot of noise on that roster as a worker. I do, and I think he's he's also very respected in the business uh, behind the scenes. He's respected as a good talent. So, um, those are just a couple of names. Uh, Speakerphone Jones, gimmicks, neighbors, Fern and Burnham that I'll give you. Okay, and that's the deal. As I promised, I am a little parched. Whew, it's just this is what I do: just talk and drink water.
And then on the weekend, Mr. Jones, I'm pounding scotch and Jack Daniels, smoking cigars and drinking beers. It's my fucking man's man, you know what I'm saying? It's my gimmick. All right, Taz Show. More Taz Hall coming at you. Sit tight, Jarvis. Right back. All right, guys, we're back here on the Taz Show. We're going to get back right into the Taz Hall in a second. It's a loaded show already. And uh, we still got a lot to go over here. A lot of great questions from you guys from my Instagram at Taz Talk. Hey, guys, like I said, like I was saying, man, uh, earlier when I was talking about making sure you guys buckle up. It's summertime. People are driving more before you know it. You know, uh, it's, it's summertime, summertime, and it's people are going to the beach, doing this and that. And uh, people are outside more, right? You're in your yard more. You're hanging out. You're chilling. And, and, and that's the summertime. That's what happens, right? You get you get a situation where, well, I'm going to be outside and I'm going to chill out and chill, chill, chill. And next thing you know, you got these little pests that are bothering, right? The only thing more annoying than eating too much when it's hot out is what? When flies and other insects are invading your home and invading your space. And who knows where these flies will last, that fly that just landed on your burger could have been anywhere from another piece of food to, well, you know, take a guess. That's kind of gross. So um, right out of the box, I want to thank our new sponsor here on the Taz Show, Dynatrap. Okay, something that's been in my home uh, for the past couple of years outside my home and now inside my home. What I'm talking about is... Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps. Okay, now they've come up with a solution for indoor pest, the Dynatrap Fly Light. Okay, I have three of these in my home, no lie, and I'll show you on my social media, I'll take photos of them, that it's awesome. The Dynatrap Fly Light, pay attention please, works day and night to attract Okay, and trap flies, fruit flies, mosquitoes, and other pesky insects. And I've got to say, it really, really works. Forget those disgusting fly traps. The Dyna Trap Fly Light looks like a really cool nightlight that plugs into any indoor outlet in your home. Sits there like a bright light. It's really nice. Okay, and on the other side is where there's this light that's bright. That's kind of like a cool color. And the insects get attracted to it, and then boom, they get stuck on this thing. But there's no noise. You don't hear like you don't hear that stuff. It just happens. And uh, trust me, I've been using the Dynatrap fly light for a while now, and it's insane the number of insects it's caught that would otherwise be buzzing around my home. So I got a deal for you guys. I got a deal for you. Get yours at Dynatrap.com. That's D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Dynatrap. Enter the code, the promo code TAZ, TAZ, and receive 15% off of their products. That's 15% off using TAZ at Dynatrap.com. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. Okay, that's the deal. So I'm a big fan of, of Dynatrap. Oh, I'm a complete shoot, man. I am. And they've... um. 
I'm so happy they're 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 part of the Taz show and that we partnered up to do some business together because I believe in their products and get fifty percent off. And I I legitimately been using the outdoor uh, uh, that they have. It's a bigger unit. I've been I've been using it for a couple of years and it's great. It's 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 phenomenal. All right, back into Taz Hall. So uh, here we go. La 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 la. Redesign self. This is on the Instagram. Backstage, do wrestlers call each other by ring names or real names? Hashtag Taz over, we over. Taz over, we over. Something like that. Okay, cool. Uh, redesign self, very good question. Yes, my generation and the generation after me and the generation before me, the bulk of us did call each other by real name. I'm sorry, by uh, wrestling name. I apologize. By wrestling name. Um, I, yes, uh, from what I understand, it's still pretty much the same. Now, some people don't. Some people would rather be called by their shoot name, their real name. I myself, everybody called me Taz. Um, always, as many of you know, my real name is Mike Daruki. Okay, so uh, they never called me Mike Daruki, and they always called me, you know, Taz. That's basically was it. Uh, always, constantly. Yes. Uh, yes, but wrestlers mostly, for the most part, call each other by their wrestling name. And I talked about this years ago on the Taz show. The main reason why with that, okay, that I've understood over the years is <laughs> basically you want to get used to calling each other by. This is how. The business was when I broke in The business was protected and kayfabe and stuff So you wanted to get used to calling someone by their gimmick name Their work name all the time Because if you were around fans at a hotel or a restaurant or wherever And you had to get that person's attention That was the other wrestler You didn't want to say, hey, Bobby Instead, you would say, you know Hey, uh, Igor the Killer That's probably a really bad example But I think you get my drift you know, oh, here's one. Like if you were like in NWA or WCW, hey Steve, can you pass me the ketchup at a diner instead of saying, hey Stinger, can I get that ketchup? You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how it's done. I think you get my drift right there on that. Okay, okay, awesome. Now some guys like Samoa Joe. He's Joe, so just hey Joe. You don't say hey Samoa Joe. You say Joe. Real name Jones, working with the gimmick name in front of it. That's Samoa Joe. There it is. Uh, Dunsky. All right. Uh, B-Boo 2. Which wrestlers have slash had the all-time best facials in wrestling? Well, eh, not me. Okay. <laughs> I stunk at it. Along with selling like a shit heel. Um. Well, I think when I think facial expressions, I think selling ability. So obviously, to me, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is at the top of the heap. Um, so I would say definitely Steamboat is one of them for sure. Ric Flair, obviously legendary matches those two guys. Ric Flair is a heel, or his facial expressions were over the top, awesome, always in the way he sold. Um, everything Flair did was great. Obviously, he's the greatest of all time, and that's the part of, part of the gimmick. Who else? Oh, gee whiz. I'm, I know I'm missing a bunch. A lot of you guys are like, no, say this guy. No, say that guy. I know. I'm just trying to think. There's so many people had great facial expressions. Um, let me just go through. Like when I was in ECW. Now, so what you're saying, facial expressions. I mean, like I said, I right away, right away start thinking about selling. But maybe it could just be Mean Face Jones. It could be angry. It could be happy. It could just be the expression. You know, I mean, um, I'm trying to remember. I would think like 
ECW, I would say Van Dam was always real good because he could do a snarky smirk, but yet sell real well with good facial expressions. Uh, and and Rob's gimmick was he never like his gimmick because he wouldn't be angry. He was just chill dude, four twenty city, you know the whole deal. Uh, Popman Jones, and he would kind of just that be his thing, you know. So, but yet he could change his facial expressions, especially when he was working. So he would jump out to me. Tommy Dream always had great facial expressions. It was an excellent seller, obviously. Uh, I would um, say, let's see. While I was wrestling in WWE. Ron Simmons always had great facial expressions. Always, damn, just, just, uh, he just, he always did. I mean, Ron's underrated for his facial expression. That's probably one of the names I'm looking for. A name that a lot of people would not expect you to say. So, yeah, I'd say Ron Simmons is in there. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Good question. Though. You had me pondering and thinking, which is rare for me. I don't normally think much. It's not my strong suit. What else we got here? Um. See, I don't want to get any of the shitbox ones. You know, you don't want to be on the shitbox list. When you send questions that suck and you're on the shitbox list, it's not good. Uh, Jay-Z underscore 14. I'm not sure if this is the real Jay-Z. If the next one's Beyonce, then it is, but we'll see. But um boom. Jay-Z underscore 14. Uh, if WWE doesn't improve, do you see AEW getting more f- more views than WWE? Well. Obvious question, but good question Um, I don't think right away I think it's going to take some time WWE does need to improve Okay, they do Um, It's very unfair to AEW To think that they're going to They're going to, you know Barrel over and grab all of WWE's audience In just a short few months Compared to decades and decades Of hard work from so many men and women in WWE and millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars spent over the years from WWE It's tough and unfair to think AEW can do that I do think, Jay-Z underscore 14, that I think that's the point you're probably asking and getting at I do think that a, a portion of WWE's audience could definitely go away And that's a gigantic victory for AEW when that happens I do think that's going to happen I do really think it's going to happen uh, if you would ask me that several months back, I would have said, eh, probably not. But, you know, the scuttlebutt of this whole TV deal and news leaking out, uh, you know, and everything about it and who they're going to be partnered up with and stuff like that is, you know, it's it's real. It's real. They're going to be weekly live TV from what I understand, or at least live to tape, whatever it is. <clears throat> and and they have a lot of resources and they have a lot of motivated people in that company uh, in no particular order from Cody Rhodes to the Young Bucks to, you know, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, these these to, to Chris Daniels to obviously Tony Khan, the owner of the and the, the president of the whole deal. Um, these men are very, very dedicated and focused Um to, to having this thing succeed Including, uh, you know Just being dominant in, in their self uh, You know, they, they, I don't feel they're looking to beat WWE I feel they're looking to challenge themselves To be the best they can be You know, and I think that that's that's the, that's where they're smart I should have mentioned Brandy Rhodes also Cody's uh, uh, significant other His lovely wife She's a big part of the company of AEW behind the scenes too So I said these guys, these men I should have mentioned their chief brand officer uh, Of AEW, Brandy So they're, they're all very These people are very motivated And I do think they have a chance To not just make noise But to really 
make a big racket, <laughs> not just noise, like a lot of noise. <clears throat> and I think they're going to do it. I got to tell you, I think they're going to do it. I never thought in my lifetime I'd see it, but I think it's going to happen. Um, I really do. And and I, I think right now you got a lot of people in WWE talent that seem like a lot of them, they're kind of ready to move on. And they're excited for maybe a new opportunity with another company or maybe to work in Japan or do something, you know. So um, even if Jay-Z underscore 14 WWE does improve, I see AEW taking a chunk of their audience rather quickly. But I don't see them getting more views than them right away. That's not that's not going to happen right away. It's not knocking AEW. I just think it's, it's just, it, I mean, if it happens, I'd be crazy. I'd be the first one to say I was wrong. I just think that's a very, very ambitious thing to do, and I don't think AEW is looking to do that. They're looking to challenge themselves, compete against themselves, be the best professional wrestling company they can be, and be different than WWE, and I respect that. I understand that. All right. Uh, what do we got here? We got um, Gambino 2004RD, shortening name slash rebranding of superstars like Andre Siena Amas, and he put in parentheses hundreds souls or Mustafa Ali, even Robert Rude is an unnecessary change if the stars were used properly to begin with. Thoughts? <laughs> hashtag Taz Nation, hashtag we over, hashtag Mizu Jones. Uh, Mizu is spelled with a U, my friend. You put M I Z O Jones. It's M I Z U. Mizu is Japanese for water. Um, yeah, I um, as far as names and like you know, some of the people you mentioned, I, I I totally get what you're saying. I I don't like what is was Andre 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 is just they just they got the rid of the front end of it, which I understand it was too long, but to the point you're making, he was established already in that, so that's why I kind of you know I get what you're saying, and it'd be tough to argue with you. Um, Robert Rude, I to me is like that's Bobby Rude. I mean, he's gee whiz, he's been Bobby Rude for a long time, um, in a lot of places and and been super successful. And I, you know, and then he comes in and he's he's Bobby Rude for you know for NXT and he's the glorious one and and all this stuff. And and then it's I, it's Robert Rude. I don't know. I mean, I I yeah, I don't think that that's to me. I don't I don't like it. I mean, for those that don't know, Robert Bobby is short for Robert. Bobo, Bob, Bobby, Bobby, Robert, Bobo. Yeah, so but still Robert Rude. It's like yeah. I, I don't know. I mean I, I I think if someone that's their name and that's what they came in as, don't change it. It just looks I mean, we went over the whole Viking gimmick, what happened with that, but then then that changed I, you know. That's the problem, that indecisiveness that WWE has. Like, years ago, they didn't have. You know, like, they, things were done, and they were done. You know? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i not a fan. Once someone comes in as a certain name, and then you change the name up, no, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I think that's bad. I think it's real bad. Um, and that's just one of the things that they're, they're not doing properly. And, and yeah, so, no, I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like it. It's just, I, and I hate to... I just feel like it's so much things they're doing bad, and and I hate to be an asshole about it, but 
and and I you know I, I sing their praises a lot, but Jeeps, man, it just they, it just seems like just it's just been crazy lately. Um, you know what I mean? Evans, one thousand five. At what point did you know that the original ECW was dead, and did you enjoy the short feud between the triple threat, triple threat, Douglas Candido and Bigelow, and the new triple threat? Taz, Sabu, RVD. Uh, the, the the new triple threat I didn't I didn't like. I thought you know myself, Rob, and Sabu. It just wasn't. I don't think you could even say it in the same sentence as because we were individuals, you know, and individuals that did our own thing. And then Sabu and Van Dam were a great team together. The triple threat was a gimmick that was built to be a faction together, head by Shane Douglas, uh, by the two late uh, late greats in Candido and Bigelow. With Francine as the the you know the manager or the valet, whatever you'd like to call the great Francine with Shane Douglas, so yeah, no, nah, there there was one triple threat in ECW, and and that was Shane Douglas' triple threat. So uh, and uh, you, you know they were great, and that was for me to to be an angle and be in in an angle with them with Shane and all that, and and Chris and and with with Bam Bam was awesome. I, I had a blast doing all of that. Um, that was a big part of my fun in ECW, which, you know, um, I really enjoyed very much. Um, at what point did I think the original ECW was dead? Well, not when I left. I thought that, you know, I I, I knew that there was a lot of money issues, but, you know, they had the new TV deal, and I felt like somehow, some way, it would, it would work out. I was on my way to WWE, so I, I didn't think that that would happen. That they would end up folding shop once I was well, well the Dudleys left, and a little bit after that I left. Uh, other people left before them, so no, I didn't think it would fold up. And to be frank with you, while I was in WWE, I was trying to get my sea legs under me in WWE. I wasn't paying attention to what ECW was doing. I was to me, I was moving on. It was that simple. When I came home, I didn't give a shit about any other wrestling company, any other wrestler. I cared about me and my family, and that's how it is. It's a business. You know, I wasn't coming home and watching wrestling. I wasn't coming home and reading about wrestling. I wasn't coming. I I didn't do that. That wasn't what I was. Uh, it was business to me. So I was in another company, and I was trying to get over in that company and doing the best I could because you know, I, and that was it. And I and I and ECW was behind me. And if that comes off like a dickhead, then I'm a dickhead. Whatever. But it's a business. It's, to me, it's business. I was not never wishing bad on ECW. Um, so I can't really answer your question, Evans 1005, at what point did I feel the original ECW was dead? Because while I was there, up until the day I left, I felt like it was alive. Um, my thing was I felt like the deal that Paul and I agreed on, you know, and there's two sides of the story. Obviously, there's Paul's side and my side, whatever. I, I felt like I don't know if he was going to be able to afford to pay me what he wanted to pay me, and that's what I was concerned with. And to be frank, at the end of the day, I was right. <laughs> because they ended up going out of business And then the, the deal we were talking about Was was not a one year deal It was a longer deal So at the end of the day I, You know I, I would have You know I would have been screwed So I did what I had to do My instincts were right That's it I have no regrets on that And it's just that simple It was a hard thing to do Leaving that company Hardest thing I ever had to do professionally For sure So um, you know Jen underscore K317, do you think WWE has been stalebred Jones? And if so, do you think it's because Vince is focused more on the XFL at uh, at that moment? Uh, no, I don't think it's about the XFL. I don't. I get your point. A lot of people, I think, think that, Jen. I don't think that's the case. I just think that there's a little bit of a divide between 
you know, Triple H's vision and Vince McMahon's vision. And I think that's starting to happen a little from what I'm understanding. I'm not trying to make more out of it than it is, but I do think there's a lot of that going on. And it proves an important, guys, how talents are getting pushed in, in, in NXT and then they're coming into the main roster and it's just, it's not happening. It's like almost like Vince is trying to prove a point to Triple H. I, I, so I think that's part of it. I, Vince McMahon with the XFL has people running it, football people running it for him. So, yeah, he's overseeing it, but he, I, I, I don't think he's half-assing the, the, the wrestling part of his business. I, he's not going to do that. That's where the major money comes from. So, But good question. But I don't think that's it. I think there's more of a divide there behind the scenes. All right, what else we got here? Oh, man, it's, uh, it's one of these things where it might have to be a two-parter. Might have to do Leftover Jones uh, later in the week. It's, we got a lot here. We got a lot. We got a lot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, Sir Weaselton. I know Conrad Thompson already asked this. Uh, might as well uh, take two. I know Conrad Thompson already asked this, but might as well shoot the shot. Any chance of you bringing the FTW belt with you to sock us uh, to Starcast? Starcast. I can't even fucking talk. Uh, no. Not happening. It's not, I'm not doing that. You know, so I'm not. I'm not bringing it. Sorry. Uh, I just. I, I'm not going to bring it. <laughs> I'm not. Um, no. Nope. 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 Not doing it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, it, to me, it's a. You know. I, I. I'm not gonna. That's a prestigious thing. That's in a safe deposit box. It's protected someplace outside of, not far from where I live. Along with another championship And I very rarely You know I did that video gimmick for them and it, I, Which was rare for me I you know Yeah no I am um, um, No I'm not, I'm not going to bring it I'm not I'm not going to do it Sorry and that's not nothing to do with fans Sorry if that makes you guys mad You know Just not doing it That's the deal Alright so anyway uh, I'm going to do the rest of these Um Later in the week, it's just a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of really good questions. I want to let you know. I gotta uh, plug this for you guys. Go to Starcast um, to the uh, gimmick there, and if you're gonna be in the Vegas area, you guys should come check it out and meet your boy. Go to Starcast.com, okay, and you can look at the schedule there or find the events, and you'll see me on there uh, Friday and Saturday. I'll be there on May 24th, 25th. So in Las Vegas, I'll be at the Caesars Palace, not Tuscany. I'll be at Caesars Palace and doing a live Taz show. Hope a lot of you guys are going to be there. I'd love to meet a lot of you guys. Live Taz show where MGF will be the guest. Uh, MGF, young, up-and-coming star, uh, doing a lot of great work for MLW, and he obviously is part of AEW, and I think he's going to be a big star for them. So I'm looking forward to having MJF uh, sitting there, uh, yours truly, having a chat with him in front of you guys on a live Taz show in Las Vegas. So that's the the deal on that. So uh, anyway, I you know I had a blast doing this episode of the Taz Show, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, you know we got another one coming at you in a couple days, uh, another pod for sure, guaranteed promise, probably by Thursday. I'll continue with the Taz also. If I didn't get to yours, I might get to your question that you just put out on, on my Instagram. Uh, by I would think that pod will drop this Thursday. Okay, all right, guys. Look, I'm Taz, and I thanks for downloading and subscribe. If you didn't subscribe, hit the subscribe button to the fucking podcast. Don't be a mock. I right, talk to you soon.
got my top friends Now my circle is getting smaller All these people acting fake, man And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten Me against the world I've been doing what I really love Haters been hiding behind A road is just a road But a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV Come see for yourself At the Jeep Start Something New sales event during Owner Appreciation Month, finance get $3,750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models in dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 in dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark.